two, it was like Christmas took on a whole new meaning for me. Okay, because it was like, oh, we don't have to like what we got. That's awesome. Okay, it's like I can be grateful, you know, but I can return it and get something I'm even more grateful for. Okay, but the best was Katie's dad always decided every year that he was going to get the girls something because something a little bit more special because the boys always got to go on a hunting trip to Canada every year. Okay, so the girls got a really nice gift, you know, and and I mean, some years it was jewelry, some years it was like perfume, things like that. And, but there was this one year, and he, I'm going to tell you, he was super, super excited about this. And this was probably the funniest Christmas we ever had. Because my, my wife and her sister, my sister-in-law, they had to stop, and they had to open them together. So we knew that they kind of like, they were the same, you know, but we didn't really know what was going to be coming out of this box. And so as they opened up this wrapping paper, they pull out these two sweaters that would be like champions at ugly sweater contests, right? And so, like, he is so proud of this. He's so happy. And he's like, do you know what that is? And they're like, it's ugly. That's what it is. And he goes, no, it's 100% alpaca. And all of us are, like, going, oh, what? You know, like, we don't know what this is. Yeah, llamas. Yeah, llamas spit at you. Like, they, they don't make comfy sweaters, but supposedly they do. But the best part about it was they might have been the most comfortable thing in the world, but the outside, the appearance of it was the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. Okay, now it was like purple and teal and like a weird orange and like greens. I'm like going, someone was colorblind when they did that sweater, right? (laughs) But here's the thing. It was funny because Katie's dad was so excited about it and the girls were like, Take it back. You know, it's like, there's no like, oh, thanks, dad. You know, like fake smile. This was no, none of that. And see, some of us are like that. Some of us are just really grateful for whatever we can get. And there's other people that are just ungrateful, you know, like my wife's family. You know, so, but the truth of the matter is this. We all get gifts and we do something with the gifts. We either keep it or we return it, right? So we either receive the gift or we return it or we reject it. Okay, so there's kind of three things. Kind of your returning is the rejecting of that gift. But for just one second here, turn to the person next to you and tell them a gift like these guys did that you received that was like the worst gift you ever received. And if you kept it or if you returned it. Real quick, go ahead. Oh, that's wrong. That is wrong. Those are for like white elephants, but not, yeah. Okay, now here's the thing. How many were just shocked by what your person next to you said? How many of you now see them incredibly different? I see Rod different because Rod just told me he re-gifts. So he keeps it. And it was like, yes, thank you, I'm so grateful. But then he gives it away the next year. A little bit different tech. Oh, same year. Even better. So it's like you got it from Holly's family and they gave it to your family? Is that kind of? 
you gave away your wife's present? No shit. Look at how far they're sitting apart right now. Okay. Anyways, here's the thing about Christmas. We get all kinds of reactions on Christmas morning, don't we? And it's fun when you get those reactions that you know it's a gift that your kids just absolutely love. You know, I mean, you, the best thing to do right now is just to go on YouTube and type in, like, best Christmas gifts and look at how many of them actually aren't Christmas gifts. Like, they actually wrapped a fake box and, like, someone's super excited and then they open it and it's not even in there. You know, it's like, I'm like, that's what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> so I won't do it, but... The truth is, is this, Christmas is really, when we look at it, the celebration of the greatest gift. The greatest gift being um, the gift that God gave to us in Jesus Christ. And so what's interesting today is, um, last week we, we looked at this idea that John, John put before us, where Luke and Matthew kind of wrote about all the details of the, the Christmas story, as we would call it, or the nativity and the birth of Jesus. John kind of takes it and he connects it to, um, like, who God is, and who Jesus is, and that he is God. And so last week we looked at first, or John 1, and it simply says this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So John said, what you need to understand is this baby that was put in a manger, as we see in Luke 2, 7, it says... And she wrapped him, or she gave birth to, his, to his, her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So, do you, the two different authors, the two different writers of this story are writing this story of, look at what happened that night. And the other author, John, is looking at it going, he was there from the beginning. And now we see this God who created all things has entered into the story. And has become human just like us. So that he can suffer. So that he can endure all that we endure. So he can understand us. He enters in and he's laid in this manger. So you look at it and you go, God was laid in a manger. And we looked at last week kind of the unexpected gift. You know, we use the idea of the socks and underwear. It's a gift that all of us need, but not always want. And so this week what we're going to do is we're going to look at the story a little bit different and we're going to look um, starting in uh, John chapter 1 if you want to turn there you can um, John chapter 1 verses 10 through 11 and he says he was in the world and though the world was made through him the world did not recognize him he came to that which his uh, which was his own but his own did not what receive him they did not receive him now I don't know about you, but I've kind of put myself in this situation many times. Just to kind of think, would I be the one that actually receives him, or would I be the one that rejects him? And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two different people groups, and one, how they kind of handled the situation. But today, what I want you to focus on is this idea of receive. There, this word is actually a Greek word that means this. It's paralimbano. It's the spirit of which something is received, to take delight. Like, my wife's family does not paralimbano, okay? They do not receive it with such delight, okay? They take it, and then if they don't like it, they give it back to the delight of their parents or whoever's giving the gift. To me, the grateful son 
and child that I am, take everything in and receive it with gratefulness and then just shove it in the back of the closet, okay? And then it's like that war. Okay, do I get rid of this now? Like how long does it have to, how many go with that war? How long do I really need to keep this now? Like I receive this, I'm incredibly grateful, God, please just don't give me this again. Um, but I'm going to re-gift it or I'm going to donate it to someone in need, right? But that's, this idea of this paralimbano is this idea of you receive it with such great delight. It's something that you, you enjoy. It's something that you want. It's everything you have. And it's saying in this passage, if you look at back in John, it says, but they did not receive him. So this gift that was laid in a manger, this gift that was God from the very beginning, they did not receive. You see, to receive something, we have to have this heart that's ready to receive, number one. To receive something, we have to be willing to take whatever comes as, this is a gift that I know I need. Now, separate Christmas from this for now. I'm not talking about if your grandma gives you some ugly sweater or some, you know, ugly socks or something like that. I'm talking about this idea of the gift that God gives us in Jesus Christ. How do we receive it? Two weeks ago, we talked about suffering. And we talked about how making suffering a time to really um, be an example of how to handle suffering instead of allowing it to form who you are, stating your identity in it. They say taking this, uh, this time of suffering as a gift so that other people could grow in their walk with God so that you can grow in your walk with God and maybe they might just come to know Christ. And so we receive with great delight. I know that there's many of you in this, in this room that have went through a lot of things lately and you're like, yeah, that's anything but a gift. But I hope by today you'll see that, you know what, some gifts come in packages that you never expect. And when you first open them, you're like, why did I get this? Why do I have this? But in the, by the end of the day, I hope that you see, like, man, God can do anything with that gift. And so today, what we're going to do is I want to look at this idea of receiving. You see, receiving is something that I, don't, I know I don't do the greatest with. I don't do the greatest when someone gives me a gift. Like, even when Josh was sitting here talking about staff appreciation... Like, I almost went and hit underneath that tree. If I could have fit underneath there, I would have fit. Because I don't, I, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time receiving blessings from people. I just do. But the difference is, is this, is when it's given to you, how do you receive it? Like, to me, to receive something and I'm sitting underneath the tree, I'm like, I'm probably not receiving it really well, am I? But if I'm sitting there looking somebody in the face and then I can honestly say thank you, then my heart's different. You see, these people were faced with this decision. Would they receive the gift or would they reject the gift? And what we see from Scripture is that majority of them did what? Rejected it. It was like that Christmas morning where you're opening up the presents and then you see it and you're like, ah, I don't want this. And they rejected it because of kind of the way they saw their world around them right now. You know, some of us maybe don't want that gift because that's not the gift that everybody else is getting and it would be different than what everybody else is getting. So I don't want to get that because if I take it, then I'll be rejected, right? I just want what everybody else has. I just want my life to be like everybody else's life. And that's not the option that you and I get. You see, I think sometimes it's really easy for you and I to receive things, especially to receive the Christmas story 
and receive the Jesus of the Christmas story because Jesus is what? Come on. Charades? You know, like charades. No, not charades. Yeah, charades. No. I don't know. Anyways, you know, a baby. He's a baby. If some of you are great movie connoisseurs, you'll remember a movie where a guy named Ricky Bobby prays a prayer. And his prayer was to, he likes the baby Jesus better than the big Jesus, right? And he, he chooses to pray to the baby Jesus because the adult Jesus he didn't like as much. And he likes imagining Jesus as this cute little baby, right? And some of us, we won't say that out loud, but that's kind of how we are. But the truth is, is this, that baby became a man who spoke a message that many didn't like and ended up being crucified on a cross. You see, we like the idea of baby Jesus because he didn't talk. But as soon as he started talking, we didn't like him so much. We did a series of two years ago, I think now, the things Jesus says. I heard the things Jesus said that really kind of turned over the tables for a lot of people. So love your neighbor as yourself. An eye for eye, two for two. Like what? Turn the other cheek. You look at these things, but as soon as he opened his mouth, we didn't like what he was saying. We didn't like how the package came, and so we weren't able to receive it because we didn't like it. The second thing we do a lot is we reject. We reject the package. Isaiah 53 in the prophecy, it says he was despised and rejected by who? Anybody know this? By man. Despised and rejected. Isaiah, many, many years before, begins to tell about this baby that will be born. He says he will be despised and rejected by man. He already knew that the gift that God was about to give humanity would be one that they returned. One that they rejected. One that they didn't want. And so you, kinda, you can look and you can look through the, the scriptures and you can ask the question, and it's a simple question, but it says, why didn't the, why didn't the Romans accept him? Because there's really two different people groups kind of that were associated or associating right now during this time. You had the Romans and you had the Jewish people. Now Rome was in charge of everything, Right? So Caesar was the man and he was the guy that they, all these people were hoping that this Messiah would come and he would turn over everything. He would state his claim. He would establish his kingdom and his kingdom would be one that was powerful. So the Romans, when this gift was given, they rejected the gift. But why did the Romans reject the gift? Well, the Romans rejected the gift because of this. They were at odds with the culture, religion, and values of the Jewish nation. They did not like what the Jewish people stood for. They did not like what the Jewish people kept saying. Why didn't they like it? They didn't like it because what they knew is if this, what they were saying was going to happen, everything that they knew to be true was going to be flipped upside down. Caesar would no longer be king. The way their lifestyle would change, everything around them would have to be different. So they didn't like that. They also didn't... They were not going to accept Jesus because they couldn't accept his people. They didn't like not only what they were talking about, but they didn't like the Jewish people. And so just like their culture, our culture is kind of the same. A lot of us, a lot of people won't even come into the doors of the church because they don't like the people that are in the church. Or because the people that they associate with Christianity 
live anything but a life that is honoring to God. And so they use the term hypocrite. And so the, really the Romans rejected the gift because they didn't like the people that so quote this gift was associated with. How many times in our lives have we known people or have had talks with people or been meeting with people and they didn't like Jesus because they don't like his people? Or I've heard this quote one time, we love Jesus but we just don't like his people. That's sad. I mean, I've sat with many people through counseling times and going, I just can't accept this God because I remember this guy that did this to me at this one time. Or this example that I had growing up who was supposedly this super Christian and then all of a sudden, like, everything got turned upside down because this, this, is this happened. And so this idea of God has been completely put into shambles because they look at this picture that's supposed to be, as we talk about in Who Do You Think You Are? This reflection, and it's anything but a reflection. You see, the Romans rejected the gift because they didn't really like the people that well. You see, I think the same thing, I think the thing we see is the same thing. A lot of times the people outside of the church, unchurched people will look at it and say, well, this church is just boring. Or, you know, I can tell you stories of all these hypocritical people and so they won't even come here because of it. And the truth is, is this. This has very little to do with what God is doing. This is just a time where we get to come together as one, as people who believe the same things, and we can continue to challenge each other. We can continue to be challenged by God to be who it is that he's called us to be so that when we're outside of these walls, we feel completely secure in our identity. Because when we feel secure in who we are and the gift that God has given us, then it's easy for us to go out and be who we're supposed to be. And when we are who we're supposed to be, that's contagious. It doesn't push people away. It draws them closer because they sense that there's something different about you and I. And if they're not sensing that, then I would challenge you to go back and go, what's missing? What's missing? The second uh, people group They rejected Jesus with the Jews. Why did they reject the gift? If anybody should have loved the gift, if anybody should have loved the wrapping of the gift, if anybody should have loved this package, it should have been the Jewish people, right? Because they were long expecting this. They were waiting for it. They were waiting for the day when their king would come and he would establish his rule and reign. Now here's the thing. The reason they didn't like it is because they had different expectations of a savior. Their expectations were that this Savior was going to come and he was going to put them where? On the top. He was going to put them in a place where they deserved to be and that was ruling over everything. But it wasn't how this Savior came. This Savior wasn't born in a beautiful, ornate palace. This, This Savior didn't come in a way that was like big parades and You know, like we see when, like, the king of England or the prince of England has this baby, right? This story started in a smelly manger. This story started in a place that wasn't very appealing to people. And how could this gift come through that family? Because as Matthew does such a great job of doing, he connects everything together. 
If you go to the beginning of Matthew, Matthew does this whole genealogy of Christ. And what do we see in the genealogy of Christ? We see characters in this, in this story that are less than like what we would assume God would come through, right? We see prostitutes. We see liars. We see adulterers. We see all these people, and it's like, it's a, to me, it's a story that says, I fit. If these people fit in this story, if God sees it best for them, then I fit. But that's not how they wanted it to happen. They thought it was going to be bigger. They thought there was going to be this grand thing that was going to happen. They thought, man, this Savior is going to come and he is going to make us the stuff. He's going to overthrow this government that has such oppressed us, this government that has put people to death that believe in this. He... He's going to go and ch- he's going to change things. But here's the thing. It wasn't anything like that. Jesus came in humility. Jesus came in a way that we today I think some of us would miss. But he came to be the example for you and I of what it looks like to see people's lives changed. He came not to be served, but he came to serve, as we see. And so today, really, the question to you is this. Are you like Roman, the Romans or are you like the Jews? Have you rejected them because you just don't like the people? Or maybe there's someone in your life that has given you a false taste in your mouth of what it is to be a Christian? Are you rejecting them because you don't like what the package looks like and it wasn't what you expected? So your expectations are determining the gift and whether you receive the gift or reject it. I think today, sometimes we can look at our lives and we can look at this, the gifts that we've been given. I did a thing this week um, because I just wanted to see how people responded. But I put on a Facebook, I said, can you help me this week? I just need to know, like, what's a gift that you've been given that at the beginning, or what's a gift that God's given you? That at the beginning didn't really seem like too much of a gift, but in the end has turned out to be a great gift. And I'm telling you, I got responses from so many people. And like every one of them was like, go ahead and tell my story. Go, you know. But here's the, here's the fact of the matter. There's so many times that something happens in our life. And when it happens, we are almost like we can't move on. When we get a news, when we get some kind of news, oh, by the way. Barb has great news. There's no cancer. So, I mean, that's amazing news. So something that seemed incredibly stressful, incredibly like, God, what what are you doing here? God takes and goes, no, you don't have it. But what's the gift in this, this whole thing? We don't know yet. But there could be something that comes because... She was willing just to be who she's supposed to be in the midst of this suffering. She didn't lose her identity in the middle of it. She just continued to be who she was. And so this morning, I want to share with you just a few responses that I got. Um, one's from a, um, a mom of one of the students we had in, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And, and she said this. She said, CJ, when Clark, who, you understand this kid. I'll love this kid to death. He is probably, no offense, Chris, he's probably one of the best guitar players I've ever met in my life. But here's the thing, he's the guy that would sit, if you let him, he'd sit behind here and play. Because he didn't want to be seen. That's kind of weird for a musician, right? But here's what his mom said. He said, 
when Clark tore his ACL, he was laid up from sports. He had his surgery and was laid up even longer. And when he was down and out, um, and on the ice, and I, the ice on the knee wore out, he began to pick up his guitar. And so when they thought everything was kind of just done and his whole life was done because he blew out his knee, he picked up something else and began to play his guitar. And because of it, like, God took them on a journey. And as he took them on the journey, Clark walked in the doors of our youth group one, one, Sunday, one Sunday night. Him and a friend of his, they came one night, and they're like, how can we start playing? Well, I'm like, what? You just started coming. How can we play in the band? I'm like, I don't even know if you're a Christian, you know? Like, this is worshiping. Yeah, no, we do. We, we love Jesus. Okay. And so him and his buddy started playing. One of them is white and has big old afro. And then him, he would just, and they were just quiet. They'd just sit back there, you know, and I'd keep challenging them with things and they'd keep doing it. And, and now he's like one of the main, like, recording guitar players for the college that they're at. Um, for some of you, you know, North Central University, he's like one of their main guitar players. And now he just, him and another, uh, this same kid, the other kid that was with him and our old worship pastor at Valley Brook just put out a, an amazing album that they recorded at, some of you guys would know Boney Bear, they just recorded at his studio and he helped produce it. So it's like an amazing, like, cool thing that God was doing. But this thing that they thought for so many years was, or during this time, this mic is driving me nuts. This thing that they thought was just the end ends up being the beginning of how God wanted and what God wanted to do with the gifts and abilities that he had given Clark. Another one came from a friend of mine, and he just said, my gift from God is sobriety. He said, sure, it didn't seem like a gift at first. It was, a sh- it was as he said, a hell of a struggle. Everything I have today is because of that gift, and I thank him every morning. Another one, you guys are very familiar with this person, or maybe Stacy Clark. She's on staff here. Um, she's usually at the Blissfield campus. If you call here, she's usually one of the answers. And some of you probably don't even know this, but she says, my MS. It's a terrible thing uh, in the beginning, and I do have my bad days, but the gift is this. It's not a disease itself, but for the feeling and seeing him. My relationship has grown so much, and his faithfulness has been so overwhelming. I know I'm not alone in this journey, and I'm so thankful for knowing that I can surrender this all to him. Another one came from a friend of ours who was on our youth leadership team at one of our churches, and she said, I remember when she got hired, I remember this, when she got hired at Northwest Airlines, and 9-11 happened, and then they rescinded their offer to her, because all of a sudden, you know, obviously people weren't flying, they were a little scared, so they couldn't afford to keep her, and she said, in that moment, she felt so just down and hurt, like she didn't know what was going to happen, but she, in this saying, she said, I'm so thankful because... um, during this time, her relationship with God had grown so much that she decided that she needed to become a teacher. And now she can't see herself doing anything else, and she would have never went that direction if this thing that didn't seem like a gift was a gift. It was a gift. Her not getting that job was a gift that put her in the place where she's at now, impacting and changing the lives of students in Dallas. And not one nice, perfect school in Dallas. There's story after story, but one I want to share with you is one that comes from our our family. And it's from um, our sister-in-law. And she says, our gift is Nolan. Well, and she obviously put, well, all of our boys, of course. But Nolan is a bit different. Um, You could use how horrible it was to find out so much uh, was wrong. Sorry, you could 
imagine how horrible it was to find out that so much was wrong about him. He is, um, for those of you who don't know, he has autism. And so when, when the family initially found out, they didn't, just like any of us, none of us knew what to do. Because there's nobody in our family that suffered from this. There's nobody that has had experience with it. We didn't, we didn't know anything. And so when everybody found out the news, they were kind of horrified. They were kind of like, what do we do? How do we help him? We don't know how to act around him, all this stuff. And so she said, as you can imagine, when we found all this, there was so much um, pity. Um, there was so much disgust just in their, their own lives alone. She said, um, during this process, her mother um, has still to this day not even looked at Nolan because she didn't know how to deal with it. But here's the thing. She said she remembers. We found out this news right before Christmas, and it was horrible. I don't do crowds um, and busy stuff well anyways, but dealing with Nolan and every, everyone else was horrifying me. You may remember me being grumpier than normal and defensive that year, or maybe not. That's just how I am. Um, it was horrible. I used to read all the books and, and books to see what I did wrong and how I could fix him. And what was scarier was all the horrible things people do to their children to fix this. One day, I, was just, I, I just decided to accept it. I didn't let it scare me, and I decided to learn how his brain was. And that was, uh, when all, that was when all of it became okay. Sorry, I'm kind of interpreting this as I'm reading it. She said, in that moment, my heart found a peace that I, I didn't have before. She said, I quit trying to fix, and I decided to accept. And of course, as you know how it ends, he's amazing, and he is. He's a visual learner, and he's learning to read. He has such a content, loving, and happy soul, you can just feel it shine out of him. What more, what more in life could you ever want than that? He is a beacon of peace. I don't ever want to change because of him. Well, maybe he just turned me in a direction. On Monday, I start working as a special ed teacher, uh, teacher's aide. I hope it all goes well, so we shall see. This may be the most honest I've ever talked to you about my life. Anyways, use it if you like. You have always been accepting of him and interested in him. And I do not, I do not want to, I want to thank you for that. The first year when people avoided him, not knowing what to do, you were sitting next to him, just lending him your presence. It always meant a lot to me. Okay, the sappy is over. See you guys soon. But I can tell you, he's one of the smartest boys that I've ever met in my life. When my kid is seven years old, when Zeke was seven or eight years old, he's sitting there doing math problems at age three or four that my son is having struggles with. He's just flying through. The kid knows how to use the iPad like you wouldn't believe. And really, that's been a tool that God's used to really help him advance. Because here's the thing. When he started off, their whole goal was to at least allow him to mainstream by kindergarten. And he's done it. And now somebody who wasn't supposed to be able to do the things that he's doing, he's doing. You see, the thing I look at, it and I can look at it and go, yeah, it's, it's really hard. Because you don't know how he's going to be. But I can tell you this, there's other kids in, the families that are way, in our family that are way worse than he is. <laughs> And he is. He's just a beacon of light. He loves life. I mean, the minute he sees me, he'll go, tickle me. I'm like, you're like, tickle me Elmo. You know, like, and literally that's all he does. Tickle me. 
And, like, you just sit there and tickle me. He loves it, you know? Like, the whole time we were in Rockford this summer, I want to ride with Uncle CJ and Katie. And so he would ride in our car. They're like, he pukes in every car. I'm like, he's riding in your car. <laughs> but you know what? He didn't puke once. He just sat there content, looking out the windows, you know, just being with us. In a couple weeks, we get to go celebrate with them again. With something that seemed like such a horrible thing, God takes and uses as a gift. And it's a gift that he gives to all of us. Not just me, not just that family, but our whole family. Everybody that comes into contact with him sees how much of a gift it is. I don't know where you're at. I don't know the gifts that you've opened underneath the tree that's been given to you. That you look at and you go, this is anything but a gift. But can I tell you this? Just wait. Because God likes to give surprises. And the thing about God's surprises is they always make us better people. They always make us and they always push us a little closer to who we're supposed to be. So maybe we're like the Romans that rejected him because of his people. Or maybe we're like the Jewish people that, you know, it's not what we expected. But today, it's the gift that God gave you. It's his surprise to you today. Will you open it? Will you receive it? And will you just allow it to be what it's supposed to be? Because in the end, you're going to look back, and just like all these people, and I can share with you more, just like all these people, they can look back now and go, that was such a gift. And I'm a different person because of it. I remember reading another one where my friend just said, she goes, I just have this way of sensing how people feel. And she goes, it's been such a blessing being a teacher because then I can look at a kid and I can really help them because I can feel where they're at and I can help them get through what they're doing. I look at it and go, that's awesome. Or she looked at it as such a weakness before. She's looking at it now going, no, me being emotional, me feeling this stuff is a good thing because now I can understand people. I don't know where you're at. I don't know your family situation. I don't know if you have a Nolan. I don't know if you have something like a Barb that's going through over the last couple weeks. I don't know where you're at. But can I ask you this? Can you just right now accept it? Because a couple weeks from now, a couple months from now, you might look back and say, I'm so glad I did it. Because here's the truth. The ultimate gift that you and I have been given is the gift of love. And that gift was given to us with wide open hands from God. Saying everything you need is right here. Do you know the next time that this word paralimbano comes in? Towards the end of John. It's in John 12. And it simply says this. Wrong one. I think it's John 14. Yeah, John 14, 3. There we go. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and what? Receive you to myself. That where I am, there you will be also. Jesus came to be the gift that you and I receive so that he can come back and he can receive you with such great joy and delight. He gave so that he can receive. You and I, this is where you and I get to receive what he gives us so that we can be received by him because before he came as a humble servant, this time he's coming as a conquering king. And you will see him. And you will know how he's going to come. 
and you won't be expecting it, but he's going to come when you least expect it. But the question to you is, have you accepted the gift? Because just like John 1 said, 10 through 9, he said he was in the world, and the world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. My hope and my prayers that everybody sitting in this room today would look at the gift before them, and they would receive it with such great delight. And any doubts, any things that they might have, they might push them to the side so that they can understand, so they could receive exactly what God wants to give them today. Because you don't know. You don't know what this gift's going to look like two weeks from now, a year from now, ten years from now. But what you do know is this. God will never give you something that has no purpose. And the things that have happened in your life, the Bible says that he's very clear that he can take the bad things and make them good. He can take the things that you looked at and you said, this is final, I'm done, I've been punched, I have my knockout blow, and God can go, nope, you can get back up. And you can get back up because of me. Because I take the bad things and make them good. I take the things that were once dead and I make them alive. I take the things that were once old and I make them new. That's who God is. And that's what he wants to do in your life today we pray God today um, I'm completely humbled and I feel like I've stuttered through this message but if there's anything that I know you want your people to hear today it's receive the gift it may not be how we expected it may be given to us from a person we don't really trust or really um, disrespect. But God, today, you're giving us a gift. Whether it be in the form of a little boy with autism or whether it be in the form of some kind of um, disease or suffering or whether it just be the gift of life that you gave us through your son, Jesus Christ. You have a plan for every gift you give. And today, God, I pray that we would not God, push things aside. That we wouldn't reject this gift again, but we would accept and we would receive it with such joy, the gift that you've given us. I pray that this Christmas will be different because of the gift that you gave. You gave us the greatest gift ever, and that's your son and the love that he's given us. God, as we sing every week, God, the gift that you've given us is more than enough. But yet, God, you continue to give us more and more and more gifts. Because you're not finished with us. So today, God, give us a heart that's willing and ready to receive. As your word says, may you till up that soil so that when that seed falls, God, it can find a place to find roots. God, I thank you. Thank you that even in the midst of all the junk that's gone on in my life, that God, I can look past all of it and I can see a little boy who just needs someone's presence. Not just me see it, but other people see it. God, I pray that each and every one of us would have hearts that are like yours, 
that see the hurting, that see the broken, that see those that life's thrown curveballs to, and we can just love them. Not have to fix them, not have to have the answer, but maybe just have an arm that we can wrap around their shoulder. God, I pray that through our simple acts, God, people would receive your gift. Through our tangible acts, because of what you've done, because of the love that's in us, that people's lives can change because they see a gift that's different than they've ever received before. So God, thank you for all that you're doing and who you are. May you continue to change us. May you continue to challenge us. In Jesus' name.